Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of 1 out of 10 would recommend. On today's episode of 1 out of 10, we have a very special guest on the podcast. He's one of our good friends and he actually helped us come up with the name for the podcast. So huge shout out there to you. But on today's episode of 1 out of 10, we're going to go back and touch base on one of our one of my favorite episodes from the first season where we talk about the medical industry. So stay tuned to find out more. Ladies and gentlemen, season two, another episode of season two of one out of ten will recommend back at you. Today, as Amir said, we're going to talk a little bit about the medical industry, but we have a guest with us and we've dropped his name before. You guys know him as our buddy Buddha, who helped us come up with the name of the podcast. So Buddha, how you doing today, man? Doing pretty good. How you doing? Dude, uh, it's Sunday. We're recording this on a Sunday. I am exhausted. To be Why? Quite Why are you exhausted, bro? Dude, are you kidding me? I woke up at four in the morning on Friday after Friday morning. Four in the morning on Friday morning. We were we were up till what? Three o'clock? No, dude, we're good people, bro. We were well called. <laughs> we were in bed. We were in bed by like okay, eleven p.m. My bad. What I, I was meant, back home. I was asleep. What by I meant to say is church was long this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but so guys. <laughs> anyway, guys, today we're gonna talk about. I know, Amir, it's one of your favorite topics to talk yeah, about. Man. And it's, it's, we did this in, in season one about the medical industry. We, we dropped, or at least, you know, we wanted to drop some knowledge about things that we thought people really need to know about and that maybe it, it's not out there as common knowledge as it should be, right? But today, we have someone with us who, who's going through and will be going through this probably for the rest of his life in the medical industry itself. Um, and Buddha, so Buddha, currently you're a med student. So tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got there, because we don't want to spend too much time in it because you got a lot of juicy stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, a lot of funny, a lot of a lot of cheese, a med. lot of cheese med, bro. Yeah, some and for those my, of you, hey, I gotta get my cheese. Some bro. tea. Oh, no, wait, you gotta get my the tea. tea. I got the tea on the pot. Hold for on. those of you that don't know about what cheese med is, like Amir said, is tea, and by tea, we mean that gossip, that gossip, that good stuff. That, right. that stuff y'all want to hear about. <laughs> so, Buddha, I'm not going to interrupt you anymore, but tell, tell us a little bit about your journey throughout how you got to med school and what the, the last little bit of med school has been for you and where you're headed. So, go ahead. All right. So, it all started, I guess, when I was a kid. Watched Bill Nye, just like everybody else. Bill Nye. Good old Bill. Um, you know, just general science stuff. And then once I actually got into high school, we had, like, our health classes. We saw that crazy video with the lady giving birth that some people... Oh, were, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Y'all didn't watch that? Back back up. Up. No, no. Y'all didn't back watch up. that. You're not just going to slide that in there. Wait, okay, no. Now you got to tell us a little bit more about that one. I am 26 years old, and I have witnessed childbirth one time in a video and never again in my entire life, bro. That was an alien. So you're yeah. never going to watch... Wait, when your, did you your, watch if, it? If, yeah, if 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 you if your wife, <laughs> I was Undisclosed. forced to watch certain videos that were oh, no. on my own accord. Moral of the story is, I saw that for the first time, bro, and th- no way they showed that in school, dude. Oh, so no, they definitely showed it at my high school. I don't know about 
where you went to high what school. What kind of class was this, boy? So, I don't think this was, like, the basic health class. I think this was AP Biology. So that's, okay, that that's, makes sense. That's probably why. You so, know, yeah. They, I, they think you're more mature in the AP classes. I don't bullshit. know. I guess. But, you know, okay. we're just as wild as everybody else. And so, yeah, I took AP classes. But in that AP Biology class, yeah, we had a video where we learned about, like, you know, basic, like, human anatomy, physiology. It's a head. It's it's, it's it's a it's it's like a dude, it's you know you a size two soccer ball on Instagram, bro. Coming out of there, bro. You remember bro. I showed you guys the the picture with the board that's got the holes drilled in it. That it looks like a when, cup holder. When a woman is ten centimeters dilated. First of all, I don't know huge. centimeters, and when you see how big centimeters is, yo, shout out to all the women out there, bro. I feel so bad for the big headed boys out there. Dude. Queens, bro. No, I feel bad for my mom. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel bad for the big headed boys. You feel bad for their mamas. For the mamas, yeah. You feel bad for the mamas, bro. Yeah. But you know, I have a big ass head. And too, you, so. I found out. I think. Did you tell us that babies' heads deform and then they'll reform back? Well, it's it's not big? that they're deformed. It's just that they have the you know the bony plates in the head don't fuse until at, at least probably like a year. That's usually about the yeah. time. So they tell um, you not to drop. You know, like be very careful if you drop. Well, yeah, they're well, very fragile. Way, they're fragile. I've never yeah. held a baby. Really? Uh, 26 years of my life. Now, I believe it or not, I didn't really know how to hold a baby properly until after I medical like a school. <laughs> because I got a sack of potatoes. I'd be like Ricky Bobby where they hand me the baby at the family party. He's like, oh, here's your little cousin or whatever. <laughs> and I'd be like, uh, what do I do? What do I do? Take it back. Did you hold the head? Bro, you got to Oh, yeah, you got to support the head because they the can't head, really though. support themselves. Usually, you know, until at least, again, a year. About. But anyways, yeah, we, we saw that video in AP Biology and... You know, I guess I didn't watch it then, but uh, yeah, nope. went went through all that in high school. Did extracurriculars, played football, wrestled, just like you know, I guess the average American kid. And then also, you know, went to college at NC State. Obviously, that's how I know these guys. Go Wolfpack. Wolfpack. Hey. Um, and Always then yeah, and then I was a bio major with you know with a neuro concentration and physiology concentration. Uh, so I took a little bit extra classes junior and senior year. I took things like immunology, neurobiology, like neurotoxins. Dude, all these ologies, bro. All these ologies. All it means is the study of. I need a dictionary for this, man. Yeah, a thesaurus. Give me a thesaurus. See, we're engineers, so we, we know what 2 plus 2 equals. Yes. You know, you know, I can't tell you, you how to spell 2 plus 2. You know the antiderivatives of things. I'm just yeah. like, I learned that. <laughs> well, antiderivatives. Speaking bro. of which, by the way, these fools... You know, Ray made me. Well, I wouldn't say made me, but they challenged me and said, "Oh, you think you're smart because you're going to be a med student or want to be a doctor?" So they're like, "I bet you can't take physics with engineers." And I was like, "Hmm, we'll see about that." Because I actually liked physics a lot in high school, and had a younger teacher who, like, you know, tried to challenge us. A younger so, teacher. No, this, this, no, this, this guy. guy. Dirty, bro. You put Chino, man. He's over here talking about his teacher. You over here. Oh, no. This <laughs> guy. All right, my bad. My but bad. Anyways. anyways. Let's hear about the inspiration. So, yeah. They, they, they challenged me to take engineers, like, physics. And, that boy, that was a mistake because that was rough. That was, like... If some people don't know, that's kind of like a weed out class for yeah. engineering. Yeah, if you can't make it past that, you have no business being in the engineering yeah. course load. Yeah, and then that's like biology students being in organic chemistry, which, you know, anybody out there trying to be a doctor slash get into med school, you know that pain. So just think of that with a lot of numbers. And that's engineering. Orgo 1, I heard, is, is it is it nowhere near two. as tough as Orgo 2. Now, Orgo 1, if you get a good foundation, Orgo 2 should be easier because it's kind of like just putting that into practice. Okay. Uh, the first 
you know, the troubles like getting, you know, your bearings essentially and right. figuring what everything is and what all these little hydrocarbons Cause, are. Because <laughs> physics one and physics two, you would think they complement each other. They don't. But they yeah. don't because one is more of like your mechanics and shit and the other one is electromagnetism, yeah. right? Like yeah. electricity and magnetism. Yeah, I actually found the second one a lot easier. Even though I took the biology version, it was still... Oh, you know, but it's good, man. Think about it now. Think no, because I, I know everybody else out there that was applying was going to pad their, their resume with oh, regular oh, for sure. physics. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when they were like, oh, wait, why'd you get a C-plus in physics? And I was like, it was engineering physics. Like, and then they cut you some slack? <laughs> and they cut me some slack. They're like, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. And I was like... C-plus <laughs> instantly got turned into an A-minus. I'm just saying that. For sure. Dude. And it, it was it was a talking point during a couple, you know, the a interview. Couple interviews, yeah, yeah, it was like, oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's you know you really challenge yourself, and I was like, yeah. I think in my head, I was like, what a jackass for making myself. Because <laughs> I also had biochemistry that semester, if I remember correctly. And, that, and I heard um, that is not fun either. I actually really like biochemistry because yeah. it was you know more biologically yeah. related than orgo, which is like you know if you're going to be a it's chemical engineer, you, you straight know chemistry, that. Yeah, yeah, straight chemistry, dude. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. So yeah, I took those types of courses in college. You know, I did a summer program at. Uh, the UNC Medical School. Which, that's where you actually decided. That's, yeah, right? that's where I really decided where I was like, okay, well, not decided, but, like, I knew. For like, sure, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You were Like, I right. always decided that this was going to be my track to get into med school, be a doctor, but, like, this it didn't really knew. hit me that I was like, I'm on the right path until that summer. Uh, it was between junior and senior year. And basically, we did med school, and it's called the MED program, Medical Education and Development Program, uh, run by, like, the Office of Special Programs there for the med school. Um, And so, basically, we do med school, like, the first year and a half, you know, like, the basic science of medicine. So, we did immunology again. You know, we did, you know, know, anatomy and physiology, but we also got to be a lot more hands-on and do... Uh, stuff like doctor oh, stuff. So this doctor is where the stuff. fun started to happen. This is where the fun started to happen. Like actually seeing a glimpse of what I was hopefully going to be doing for four years yeah. plus where you know the rest of my life. Uh, so I actually got to work with a cadaver for anatomy lab. So you know, actually, well, I've never seen a cadaver. Bro. Yeah, it, but it's not easy to get used to at first. For me, it was mainly because of like. You know, there's the smell of the formula. Oh, dude. See, and it, see, they you know, show you pictures, but you can't get that. You can't get senses, that from pictures. Bro, those senses. And I have, right, so I have a big schnoz, and I, <laughs> and I smell. I can smell if somebody busts out a cookie across the hall. <laughs> across the hallway, like I can smell instantly. I'm like, somebody busts out a cookie. I'm so, glad that's what you said. <laughs> but anyway, oh, what you tell man? We got, we got Cochino over here, man. All right, Eddie, we got to talk, bro. We're going to have to have a pause. <laughs> you can keep talking. Eddie and I, come over here, bro. We, we got to talk. You want to time out. But, <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyways, anyway. yeah, I uh, got to... Tell us, tell us a little bit about that right there. The, the, the cadaver? Cadaver uh, piece, man. Yeah. Your very I, first cadaver, what was it like? Uh, so very first cadaver, you know, they had a lot of stuff going on because most of these cadavers are, you know, older people that at some point in their life decided that they wanted to donate their body to you know medicine or science however you want to take it which is a super cool thing and yeah. ever since you mentioned that to us i've actually like got it on my radar mm-hmm. but keep going yeah it's it's more than i guess just being an organ donor like you know if i'm not sure how that works like if you want to be an organ donor you probably can't do that for cadaver right right so i guess i need to read up on the process myself but i imagine they take people who are 
a lot more sick who you yeah. probably really wouldn't be able to get as many organs kinda, out. Right, right, kind of right. know. Because I noticed that a lot. Like, a lot of the cadavers, you know, we all... There was, like, eight people in each room, and we're all working on our cadavers as, as you know, teams. And we're like, oh, wow, this guy has a tumor. This yeah. person has, you know, like, a giant clot in their heart. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, so this is probably, you know, mm-hmm. how they pass. And yeah. they also had a bunch of other things that you wouldn't see on a normal a body. A healthy body. A healthy body, yeah, for okay. sure. A younger body yeah, of that, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, you know, they... Give their body, you know, to the medical school. I, I imagine, you know, they have a department that kind of facilitates the process. Um, and we actually have, like, a ceremony uh, at our med school and I imagine every other med school uh, where you kind of, you know, celebrate the end. You know, we go through our courses of anatomy with the cadaver. We dissect everything that we need to dissect. And then we have the bodies cremated. We have a ceremony. Um, you know, it's, you know, the families of the people that donated their bodies are there. You know, we give them the ashes if they want them, you know, like in the urn, and then kind of thank them, you know, have uh, a celebration for them, you know, for being part of this. Yeah, that's And cool. for helping Is us it, learn. Yeah, that's really cool. Man. It means a lot yeah. to, to, you know, to everyone, to the families and all that. So yeah. that, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Tell me, so I have a question, man. So I've been to funerals before, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, you know, felt people that have passed away, you know, just the the temperature of the body how did it feel man like it is it cold like it like it says like everybody says this what was the smell like too uh so you know they actually didn't really smell it you could just smell like the chemical preserve preservative like oh, the formalin okay, yeah, some yeah, people yeah. spray uh, like it's depending what institution you're at it's like some type of alcohol-based preservative uh, they don't really do the formaldehyde anymore i guess because of you know it's actually slightly cancer or it cancerous um so yeah, it, well, it didn't smell that, but it didn't smell bad. It just had a weird smell to it yeah. that kind of stuck in my nose at least sometimes after yeah. I was out of there. So if I was eating lunch, and I like, guess you know, clear the nostrils. Dude, up. You can't forget that first. Ooh. Yeah, Come on. it makes the first sense, time so. you smell it. And you, you oh yeah, yeah, it. for sure. And and, and I want to ask you about this too. Um, it's kind of hard sometimes to disconnect yourself, like the human side of yourself, yeah. from the practice that you're doing, right? Yeah. So when you guys came to the bodies, like how were the bodies prepared for you guys there? I mean, is it just I mean, like laying on a table, like naked. Like what? What is it? Well, so yeah, they had them all ready for us. They had the faces covered since you know in, in this program, you know, we don't really mess with their brain or anything. And even in medical school, we didn't really dissect too much of the brain ourselves because uh, the admit the, like the people who ran the courses, they're a lot you know more skilled than we were, so they weren't gonna let us you know basically mess up the dissections for that yeah. area, but. For us, yeah, the head was covered, the face was covered. We couldn't really see their face at all. And it kind of made it better because it's like you couldn't really put the face to the body. It was just kind yeah. of like... Makes it less personal. It makes it, it less, less personal, personal. Makes yeah. Makes it less personal. And, right. uh, and yeah, I guess, you know, you, at least being in medicine, you learn to compartmentalize a lot. Yeah. Um, for it's various like reasons. right? Yeah, for various reasons, you flip you a switch. Mode. I mean, yeah, sometimes, yeah. You know I mean, like, sometimes you have to. Like, you're not turning left to right, you're just... Keep going, Straight, keep yeah. going. Yeah, sometimes... Get the job done. Uh, as they say, it's sometimes low drag, high speed. You just put your head down and go. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's good to do that, but, uh, yeah. So, it felt weird at first, but then yeah. you got really used to it, especially when you're going through all the dissection, and it just becomes pretty cool because you're like, oh, wow, like, this is this not is exactly going to look like on a person, but, like, I at least 
will know better than looking at some book that yeah. shows like the perfect book. anatomy. You can't, you can't smell can't the book. Touch him. That was crazy. I mean, you can't touch a book. I can't even can't. imagine that because I never even dissected a frog in school. Really, dude? I, I just never did. A cat. I didn't dissect, I dissect that I didn't, cat. I didn't dissect and that anything. fucker had a mouse inside him, dude. <laughs> it was gross, man. He died I cut it open. I was like, yo, what is this? And I pulled the string. And there's a thing attached to the end of the string, bro. That's not that's a string. Tail, dude. <laughs> oh! That was gross, dude. I remember that. That was in uh, middle middle school. Yeah, yeah middle school. I've never dissected great. anything. Oh, my God. Yeah, not that I can remember, which tells you that it either I didn't do it or it just wasn't memorable. This <laughs> man cut it out of his memory. Like, you suppressed that memory. I didn't compare. I, I don't compartmentalize. I suppressed it. Yeah. So um, okay, so you did the, you did the program. Did the program, and I felt you know met some mentors there, um, and felt like. All right, this is definitely it. I should definitely continue, and then ended up applying. You know, senior year you start the process. You, you know, meet with uh, depending on what school you're at. They they might have like a department that helps you prepare. You know, do mock yeah. interviews, things like that. Um, and make, basically help you become the best like candidate to yeah. get in med school that you can. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, it also that. it also reflects good on that institution. Yeah, right? yeah, because hey, they I they have to write a letter for you too. I sent this that, guy to this med school. Or yeah, whatever, right. Yeah, so that, you know, getting to know them, they impart their wisdom on you, like, you know, expect these types of questions. Yeah. You know, and even small things like, oh, you know, don't forget, like, you know, a Tide pen or something like that, because if you spill coffee, you don't want that to be the focal point of the interview. It's like, oh, you got to stain on your shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> small things yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. small things yeah. like that, like, you know. And it it all matters. Right? Yeah, like Who take is, tissues, you know, things it's, like it's that. It's one of those things that's like your first impression, right? You have a limited amount of time. Yeah. To let these people know who you are. Yeah. First impressions are everything. So yeah, you can't yeah. come over there with your teeth all dirty. You gotta yeah. Gotta trim that's up the all stash. they'll see, dude. And, and, and that's all I would oh, see. Yeah. <laughs> and you gotta brush your teeth before because yeah, you don't want it to smell like the tuna salad you had for lunch. Yo, <laughs> no. I wouldn't even eat. No, I would eat because then you don't want the growling. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would. I would. That's a, that's a good conversation icebreaker right there. It's like, all right, you okay? Hey, yeah, I'm a little hungry, but it's all right. I'll, I'll make it through. Yeah. Well, let me ask you one more thing before we go there. So you're talking about, you know, like you kind of felt like you knew mm-hmm. you wanted to do this, but what influenced you the most? Like, what was the thing? Was there a thing that was just like, you know what, I, I want to be a doctor? Aside from Bill Nye, because Bill Nye is a superhero, but you know, was there anything else? Well, you know, there's like, you know, the family, you know, people getting sick, and you know, you're sitting there watching them getting taken care of by this team, and then you got the doctor coming in. That you know, at first it was like very mysterious. It's like, oh, who's this person? You know, they're wearing this long white coat sometimes like you know kind of like a superhero type thing yeah man this man's thinking <laughs> this you, man. man this man's looking at dr uh shepherd from gray's anatomy yeah like his guy. hero bro Who, no no nah. he's probably thinking goku to save the people <laughs> actually no, people and you know why life. i say that because his saying is it's a beautiful day to save lives ah yeah it's always a good day that, to save lives yeah it's always <laughs> a good day to save lives you hashtag, know what I'm saying? hashtag team save a life for all the people that be putting it cool. on their Instagram. Hey. <laughs> but it's cool because it's kind of like you, you can be a real life hero, yeah, and actually save people. So that's I can see that, even though you're your butt sometimes. But yeah. yeah, I mean I'm an average person. We're all average people. <laughs> uh, okay, but anyways, yeah. So okay, man. So, so you've you've gone through. You know, you've told us a little bit about what those first couple years are. Yeah, of med school. Which is basically you're retaking a lot of courses. Yeah. Well, I can't you're, forget you're setting the, the yeah. foundation. Go ahead. Can't forget the MCAT. You got to take that. They made it longer. It's like seven and a half hours. I took it when it was shorter. But anyways, you got to take another 
SAT version of getting in med school. Yo, that guys, sucks. guys, guys, Can't guys, guys, guys. I have a serious, serious topic. So mm-hmm. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Oh, God. And there's a new one that I've started listening to. It's called Gangster Capitalism. Hmm. I th- or Capital, Gangster Capitalism on Spotify. Hmm. And uh, they talk about how people in influential positions can kind of get whatever they want, right? Okay. And this part of the season is covering the um, school scandals with the, the admission scandals where mm-hmm. the kids are getting into school because their parents are paying for it, right? Right, right, right. And talking about how the guy, oh, I forgot his name, Richard or Rick or something like that, he was able to get people into a variety of different schools, man, faking SATs, MCATs, ACT, PCB, whatever else you want to call it, bro. (laughs) All the exams, he had people that he had on his payroll to be able to take Take the exam. exam It's it's crazy how, and to think that there are people in influential positions could be there because they were able to buy their way like that uh, maybe it's another episode that we talk about but you just brought you just reminded me with that uh, with the MCAT that you know most people do it the right way right studying everything but there's cases where I sometimes look and I'm like how did you become a doctor that makes no sense to me how did you pass these exams yeah well I mean you you don't have to quote unquote pass you just have to get a certain score that would be acceptable I guess at least you know around average right different uh, I guess different schools are going to have different requirements too right yeah I mean even and it's you know you definitely got to have people on your payroll because when even now in the MCAT and all the other board exams I've taken in med school, you have to go in there <coughs> show your government ID has to be can't be expired or they won't let you in the center, and then they do like a f- finger ID scan right there so yep. that when you go in and out of the room on your breaks. It has to they match. know it's you. They know it's you. Like yeah. you know, let's say you have a twin. I'm not sure exactly. They there's probably the stories about that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's twins in med school where I go and they're like, yeah, we probably could have done that, but we weren't gonna risk it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because they apparently got similar scores, like very close. And that's like that could be a whole another topic, but yeah, yeah de- they definitely have tight security. So I feel like the only way you can I, I guess the that's good is, to know. So yeah, yeah, if you're gonna cheat, you're gonna have to drop some dough. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, we're talking about this dude made twenty five million dollars off. This. Oh my <laughs> god! Off this. Off these what scandals, are we doing bro? with our lives? Dude? Uh, we don't have <clears throat> MCAT proctors on our payroll. All right, I get it. Yeah. All right. Anyway. So you take so you get into med school and you're going through uh, what I thought was pretty cool was the rotations that you were talking mm-hmm. about. So classwork is what classwork is. It's boring, yeah, right? It's you're reading the, the book. first year and a half. You're reading the book. You're taking tests. It's, you know. it's like the continuation of your bachelor's. Degree. Yeah. And then there's like one big board exam it's called step one before you get into the clinic and then that thing is like it's eight hours like you're in the center you know taking the test for eight hours you you only get an hour break throughout the entire day that you're taking it (laughs) so yeah so like they say do two sections because each section is like 40 questions take a break because that's like two hours that have passed right there each section is an hour yeah um and basically it's timed you have 1.5 1.5 minutes average to do 40 questions. Each like that's each question is 1.5 minutes, so it adds up to an hour. You're welcome. You know that. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> welcome about what? For being around engineers, the oh, yeah. to, to think like an engineer. Well, see, <laughs> you doctor people out there, get you some engineering buddies because they'll tell you they'll make you take that harder physics, they'll make you take that harder calculus, and it's gonna pay off in the long run. 
But anyways. I don't know about calculus, but physics, sure. Yeah. I mean, I calculated things like, you know. Had, <laughs> here we go. Here we here go. go. Let's, here let's we get go. into yeah, I had yeah, to calculate, yeah, even for the MCAT, even for the MCAT, but I did even more now. This man like, about anti-derivatives left and right. So I had, <laughs> no, I had the, I had to calculate, like, when I was studying, it's like, all right, when I drink this cup of coffee, how fast is it going to hit? Make when am I going to poop or pee, especially if it's early in the morning? <laughs> Uh, and then if I eat, like, whatever types of foods make me sleepy versus not, and then definitely keep chugging coffee throughout the day. Uh, probably had, like, five, six cups that day. God <laughs> almighty. Well, that's, you know, a, that's I heard average. a story that, and maybe you can kind of, you can put some truth behind this, but I heard if you drink too much coffee, that it puts too much caffeine into your system, and it can cause instant diarrhea. Well, I mean, it's a stimulant, so I don't doubt it. <laughs> So you can poop yourself. So be, be careful if you're I know about five or six cups of coffee. If you cough too hard, well, I've definitely, <laughs> I've, I've definitely had more than five or six, and I've never pooped myself. Yeah, no, so. I was gonna say I, I've I've had those days where I've had at least seven cups throughout the day. You know, maybe back in college, man. Maybe Amir can't really control his sphincter as much. Oh yeah, know. that's that's a personal, <laughs> easy time. Hey, brother, that's a personal problem. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I know he's got a small bladder, but no, no. <laughs> he doesn't need Flomex, that's for oh sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys, just wait till I sit back down. <laughs> he's on a water break. Probably a pee break, but anyways. <laughs> anyway, yeah, after, yeah, after that board exam, we get to go into our what we call our third year of med school, which is the third year is like where you go through all the different rotations, like ob gyn psychiatry alien experiment yeah yeah you know he calls it the alien experiment so yeah uh yeah the ob definitely had some stories uh actually what's what's the favorite one i guess one of the more memorable rotations was probably ob just because you know you get to see babies delivered slash deliver babies also what's the smell like uh it's actually not that bad but sometimes you know when you're pushing that hard there's some things that happen when you're pushing that hard you can poop yourself you kind of can't control you can't control (laughs) you can't I mean you can't like say all right. Focus on pushing out just the baby. No, I, I got a feeling they're probably pushing out everything. Well, they literally say when they're instructing, it's like push out like you're pooping, and sometimes you push out both ways. Yeah. No! No! So, ways. so the baby's christened with some poop coming out. Well, no, no, no. Ew, Eddie. No, no. I mean, I got some poop on the way out. Surprisingly, I don't think I've ever seen a baby with poop on its head. You know, usually once the head starts coming out, as they call crowning. Uh, what we yeah, call it crowning. Crown, yeah. crown. I've heard that term. That's when the head, you know, is you know. I, I'm the king. I've been telling you. people for years. I, I've been going to the medical school of Gray's Anatomy, the, the yeah. Gray's Anatomy School of Medicine, for the last couple of years, bro. There's a lot of memes crown. about that. <laughs> oh, no. But uh, no, yeah, and and basically it's funny because then they tell us you you know you support the head, and whenever the rest of the baby you know down to the feet come out, they say pull the baby down in direction. Did they smack the butt? Not always. That's only if they if aren't they're not crying, crying on their own. Yeah, and or slightly blue because that means they probably aren't getting enough Check oxygen. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you pull down the baby in almost like a Nike check formation Ooh, to just help do it. to help get. Yeah, just do it. Get the baby <laughs> out. And that's literally what they tell us. It's like Nike check. Boom. Get that baby out. Make sure you support the head, and then you you know you clamp the placenta. The what are the umbilical cord? Do they let the which pops is, cut the cord. Yeah, we usually let Yo, don't pops let me cut or it, the bro. family. But there's been a couple times where the guys are like, I don't want to look. I don't no. want to look. That's going to be a, that's gonna be Amir because he, he's, he's, he's not even going to be in the room probably. He's going to be like, let me know when it's over. Guys, I have the worst. You guys know me. I hate blood. And when I see blood, it does some things to me. Now, 
I feel like if I'm ever in that situation, bro. What? Popping out a baby? No. Uh, what the doctor says. Hey, big guy. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> Put the gloves on. It's your turn. No way, dude. Dude. Hey, I might cut the wrong thing off, bro. No, you don't. No. Hey, I have a son, bro. He might be. Oof, no. I can't do it, man. The sounds, my imagination, my knees going weak, bro. Just give me some long scissors. I can hit it from a distance. No, <laughs> I can snipe it from a distance. Oh, my man, God, crazy. dude. So you saw babies being That's pretty cool. How, do, you, do you know how many... Uh, personally, uh, just a couple, but like I saw dozens of babies being delivered with me in the room, and most of the time I would, you know, I would so hold the placenta, and that also smelled weird. That's that's what smelled. That's what smelled. Oh weird. yeah, I was gonna say it has, it has like a very like penny copper smell to it. But just oh no, it, dude! No. <laughs> and that that smell really sticks in my nose. Like that, I would even eat lunch, and I'd be like, oh god, I, can't I smell it. Anymore. <laughs> this man's gonna think about placentas every time Ooh. he sees a penny. Abraham Lincoln's gonna remind him of. So sorry if I put that thought in your head. Dude, oh my gosh. But, but, well, back to what I was saying. It's pretty cool because, dude, you got to experience the first the minutes of somebody's life, life man. Yeah. Like they they won't remember you, obviously. Yeah. But it's so cool you get to see something being born, like the beginning of life. That's that's pretty yeah. cool. It's actually pretty cool, and I actually enjoyed OB because. I kind of didn't expect because oh I'm a guy I've heard stories of guys kind of being not pushed out but just not feeling part of it because oh. you know it's, there's you know you're a guy going into a room with a woman giving birth and some actually there have been several times where they're like I don't want you in the room you know that's my preference I'm like yeah that's fine you know it's you're, so they want a female doctor well, well not not a female doctor they just didn't want more more men more men in there than they, 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 they were required so like yeah. if the nurse was a guy they were okay but like if I was a student it's like I'm not really necessary to what's about to go on is that sexist no because it's a very personal decision yeah it's a very personal it's decision very, and, and, it's like if you know, you're what getting you if you're if, look if, you, if you're getting <laughs> operated down there for whatever reason do you want more than what's necessary that it could be coming in? I want the best. <laughs> I want the best. I yeah. don't care if you. But what I'm saying is, Joey, Suzanne, the best is already in the room. Whatever your name is, you better you better get your look. You better, you better bring your A game. The best <laughs> is already in the room, and Buddha wants to walk in. That's that's yeah, what he said. I mean, I, I mean, after after about a week, I was pretty hot shot myself. Man, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, like, hey, oh, oh. Bring but, over. But, but yeah, it's a very personal decision. So that that's that's totally like understandable. Um, that's cool though. But okay. I got a, I got a question though. So uh-huh. OB, that's re- all I've ever known about. And this is like not to be. I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful or anything. But mm-hmm. the only thing I know about OB is babies, and they look at your vagina. Yeah, it's way but, more. Than but that. exactly. So way more than that. I, I want to hear a little more about that. So I actually did. Which part? The babies? Or no, the... no, no, no. What? What? what well, the babies what... is what you expect. You know, they're what in the, the nursery, <laughs> all that. And... What else an OB actually does? So uh, OBs, you know, they're. Actually, it's, it's a good hybrid of like just medicine and you know both prenatal the woman and all that, and also you know you're essentially doing surgeries sometimes. And there's OB careers that are mainly surgical. Like you don't ever see a baby again in your life. Um, so like gynoc, which is gynecological oncology, which is cancer of you know uh, pathology related to the female you know reproductive system. So like ovarian cancer that, you know, might metastasize, a.k.a. spread, into, you know, their organs in their abdomen. Um, and yeah. I actually did two weeks of that, and, you know, I'm pretty interested in surgery myself. Uh, it's, and 
they did a lot of cool stuff. Like they used some like argon beam bovie, what we call bovie, which is like electrical cautery that apparently only went like a couple millimeters beneath the surface of the skin so that it would take out the little tumors that had spread, but not really mess with the organs, like tissue beneath Mm -hmm. it. So there's a lot more than just babies and, you know, just, you know, looking at women who have (laughs) their vaginas. It's it's way more than that. You know, it, it deals from, you know, common things like UTIs all the way to cancer to, you know, anatomical abnormalities that they may have for whatever reason. Um, it's a pretty diverse field. Um, and I, I, what I've noticed recently, at least at the institution I'm at, it's like, you know, there's a fair amount of guys that want to be obese, and I have friends who are going to be obese. They matched into it, and it's like, you know, it's, I guess that wait, stigma wait, wait, isn't wait, wait. there. They matched into it? Like, tender? what does that so mean? So, matching is uh, this right? wonderful. No. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> it's probably not the best topic to say that on. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. You hate to hear it. Um, <laughs> But no, uh, matching is basically when you're done with med school and you have applied already at you know in your fourth year, which I'll be doing pretty soon actually, um, in October. And basically, you match is like you interview at several places that you've you know applied to. You know they like you a certain amount and they rank you on a list based you know I guess against all the other candidates that also interviewed there. And they create a rank list, but the thing is, you do the same thing too, and you to the schools you apply to the to? schools that you were okay. interviewed at. Okay, okay, okay. Because okay. you know, if they didn't interview, you're probably not going to get in. So there's no point in ranking them. Right, right, um, right. So whoever interviewed you, you rank them based on how much you like them and what you want to get out of a program. Um, and you know, there's literally it's like some economic buyer's algorithm that's supposed to be favored to the buyer and not the seller. Um, and so, so, so the, the institutions, not not the student. Yeah. Well, no, the we're technically the buyer. Oh, you guys are the buyer. We're, we're the, we're the okay. buyer. So we, we're supposed to have the advantage. And there's a couple caveats that make me think that's not a hundred percent true. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, I can talk about that later. Um, so yeah, you do that, and based on where they ranked you, and you rank them. If let's say they you ranked each other number one, you're gonna match. You're gonna match. There's no questions asked. Um, but let's say they ranked somebody else won but they ranked another program one and you ranked them one also and you're going to match because that person didn't rank them as high if that other program they ranked also matched them as high so basically it it goes down the chain of it's like an algorithm it is an algorithm some dude coded it in the back of a yeah so it's like uh, so it's, it's based off like uh an economic algorithm where you know you're trying to sell and buy things um, actually, heard AKA the full explanation. Yeah. Well, well, no, no, <laughs> this. Yeah, they right? literally took this. These are transactions. It, it was, yeah, it was a transaction algorithm, not even based on medicine, but this is just so I guess they can make the process a lot faster because I mean you literally have thousands of people applying to certain programs, hospitals, and you know it could take years, months if you did it. By I guess hand. they're trying to get rid of any bias by doing. No, it. yeah, they, so, they. That's essentially what it does. It's try to get rid of bias and. The crazy thing is when they run this algorithm, apparently it only takes a few seconds to actually complete it. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A I mean, computer it, does it, and it's it, like, it boom. It's an algorithm. It, yeah. It's on a computer. It, it and then they run it a few similar. times, apparently double-check, make sure there are no like anomalies, and then they wait a couple weeks and then let us know if we match, and then a week later you find out in March um, if where you match, so like what program we're at exactly, so that you can go ahead and prepare and move, things like that. I have a good idea. 
Uh-huh. We need to get in touch with the guy who wrote the program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, $25 million might be coming out. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I, have, I can code. Look, look. You didn't hear it from me. I didn't say it. But I can code and say, if your name starts with O or with a Z, I can bump you up a little bit. <laughs> Just say, hey, 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 hey. It's, it's America, guys. If you're not winning, you're... You're not winning, all right? <laughs> the land of the free and the home of the cheats. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm oh. kidding. Well, all right. Yeah, so we talked, about, we talked about uh, we skipped the, the OB hit. rotation. Yeah, we skipped the hit. The end? What, what happened? Well, the matching is, is like the end of med school, essentially. Oh. oh. Yeah. So, But that's good that we got that out of the way now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you know you're not going through the waiting until the end to find out what matching is. So, yeah. I have friends that match in the OB um, and their guys and as aware there were other girls. So, like, there's less of a stigma Against men, I feel like, and you know, there's a yeah. real big push to do that because, and, and you, know, you know what? Because I've asked my some some from some of the girlfriends that I or some of our girlfriends, and um, they've they said, and at first it surprised me. That I was like, but no, it, it it shouldn't surprise me that their OB is a guy necessarily. Mm-hmm. And they've told me sometimes, you know, they they by move they, they move to a new city or whatever, and they pref- they've gone from a female OB to a guy OB, and um. They'll be like, I prefer the guy OB. Like, I've had a much better experience with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is this is sort of summarizing their thoughts. Because um, I've talked to one or two people about it. And, and they were like, I, I just feel like he has a little more respect for what he's dealing with. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it makes sense. So, I mean, I, yeah. at first it did surprise me. But now it's not, it's not like... <gasps> Yeah. yeah, there's probably totally... a push for diversity as well. Like, I'm, I'm just gonna go on a stretch here and say, and I don't know anything mm-hmm. about it other than what you told me, but I'm pretty sure there's majority of women in there, and there's probably a push to bring men into that field. For example, my company that made it an incentive, enterprise-wide incentive, by the end of two, 2030, that all the exec roles are gonna be 50% <coughs> male and 50% female, which. If you there was a lot of opinions on that, like you know, okay, well, credentials and all that, should, you know, who, who's better? But there's always a push for that to bring in more diversity into the field. Mm-hmm. So maybe I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's always good to be diverse, though. Um, have different yeah. opinions, different you know logics. I don't know if you need to make a fifty-fifty, but have, being diverse and it, it, honestly, the ideal thing might be the other, the other way, right? Have yeah. a dominated, female-dominated board or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, but if you know, and what that, I think, that's, yeah. that's definitely a subject for a different episode because that there's so much that you can. Talk yeah, there's about. so much about diversity, like you know what your target population is, right? Like your you know, your patient population, if you're predominantly Hispanic or whatever it is, you want to kind of you know tailor. Taylor, yeah, people your that, that can service them the best. Whether right. you know they don't have to be Hispanic, but let's say they're fluent in Spanish yeah. because they were a Spanish teacher. You know, they would right, work right, great right. in that community. Um, and that's you know that's also been a big push in just medicine in general is being right. more diverse. Yeah, um, well, that's cool, man. Well, so that was so you've done one of those rotations, right? Yeah, so I've done all that. I've literally done OB. I've done my surgical rotations. I've done internal medicine, which is like the hospital medicine. You know, the people who round on people every day and take care of the sick people that, you know, if let's say... Post-surgery or something? Well, or? post-surgery, it's usually like a surgical unit. So okay, it's okay, like okay. people who are, you know, specific to that. But like, you know, let's say somebody has a bad infection, you know, for whatever reason. Usually they're going to be under the care of, like, internal medicine doctor. Okay. Um, especially because, it's, let's say, their kidneys got shot. Essentially, not shot, like, 
gunshot, but like, pew, pew. Nah, no pew pew, more like uh, no, their kidneys a, failed because. Yeah, it's not a GSW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, no, no GSW. It's 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 a cute kidney injury. Okay. AK. There you go. You know, there you go. But uh, no, yeah, and and then there's also emergency medicine, which we kind of only did a few rotations during third year, but um, fourth year you can kind of elect to do more if that's what you want to do. Um, we also did family medicine rotation and outpatient stuff. So like you know your typical nine to five. You know, you got a cold, you go see your doctor, that type of thing, or, you know, yearly physical exam. Um, and then also psychiatry, we did a rotation on that. We did both the outpatient, like, you know, a therapist, yeah. slash, you go for your medication checkup, slash, how have you been doing since we adjusted these things, to all the way down to, okay, this person is acutely suicidal, they just tried to kill themselves, things like that, yeah. in the hospital <clears throat> itself. And that, I'm glad you brought that one up, because I always preach about mental health, uh, and that was like in the first season. I Which, know you listened to the episode that we did on the medical industry yep. in the first season. Um, mental health is a serious thing. Um, Which, by the way, we're recording this right now, and it, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Oh, okay. right? oh it is. In June. June in is, June. Okay, June is cool. Mental Health Awareness Month. So just, you know, there you go. want to know. Um, but yeah, what I, was, what I was trying to bring up with that is um, in the first season, we, we talked about a doctor called uh, Christopher Dunch, uh, and you probably heard of him or his nickname, a.k.a. Dr. Death. Uh, and he's the guy that, I mean, Giving I'm no... bad rep. I'm no, I'm no <laughs> doctor or psychologist, but he definitely had something, something not right there, right? Um, and I think that mental health, from the perspective of doctors, is sometimes, sometimes overlooked a little bit at times, or not understood, right? Because the brain is a black box. And it's kind of hard to diagnose it sometimes when, you know, okay, why does this person think they're fat? Why do they keep throwing up? You know, like a bulimic or whatever it is. You know, like they, why do they see themselves? They weigh 102 pounds. You know, like they're, they're tiny. Why do they see like that? Well, the brain works in funny ways and it's really difficult to understand. So with that being said and mental health, how have you experienced, you know, like mental health in your industry and not so much the patient side, but also the doctors? Like how do doctors react to seeing people and how do you condition yourself to seeing people going through these crazy things because you never go to the doctor for a good reason let's be real bro nobody comes to see you because they want to come say hey buddha how are you today no they want to hear you say hey amir how are you today you know well, what's what's got you in here i'm sure there's some people that just drop by and say hello to their doctors but bro, bro that's not the, the point part. of it yeah. you don't go to the mechanic the to go and say hey what's up mechanic no you go to the mechanic because your car is fucked up Right? And when my body's messed up, I got to go get it fixed, right? <coughs> so how do you guys get through that? Like, do they teach you guys? Do they give you guys resources for that? So I guess they try to prepare us by, at least especially, like, the first couple of years, like, signs of burnout. Like, let's say you're stressed out. Um, and we actually took, like, wellness index scores where, you know, we started med school. We took this survey to kind of see how we were at stress level. And they did it periodically. Also, and they also did it a little bit more third year just because they knew that's when we were going to be really stressed out just because of you know, all Plus the experiences. first time diving into it. Yeah, we're diving right. into it. It's the first time you know, ever for some people really doing certain rotations. I mean, You're seeing a baby being born, man. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how I would react to that. I, yeah. Personally, I think that would be kind of cool. <laughs> I'm not you see lie. this mic, brother? That's about the size of a baby's I, exactly. head. Exactly. Maybe small. <laughs> exactly. 
That's insane and amazing so at the same crazy. time. I don't, I don't know. Like to me, it's just like coming from an outside perspective. Like, I think it's good because I think they're starting to gather data on it. Well, no, there's plenty of data on it. I mean, we. But is the data on the doctor's side or is the no, data no, no. on the patient's side? I mean, there's plenty of data for patients, but the new and big thing is having all this data on physicians. Right, and, right. And even med students because, you know, it starts there. Like, that's where the breaks start. Like, that's where we get cracked. And then it's up to us sometimes to help heal those cracks or our support systems. Um, but now they're doing it more institutionally where, like, we have wellness coaches that, you know, we have events. Like yes. mandatory so, some some people kind of like yeah that doesn't help but you know it's it's becoming well, again, more aware. It, it's, it's, it's mental health it's, so it's, it's earlier in the process so it's like I feel like it's gonna be way more different even after I graduate than it was when I first started because I feel like even in certain specialties like surgery um, where they have all this data and it's like, well, what are we going to do about it? Like, how are we going to be mindful about these things? And that's kind of like the new leaf that they've been turning is like, all right, we got all this data. What are we going to do about it? And how are we going to do it? And that's kind of like what we've been pushing in the healthcare industry more recently. Um, you know, addressing things like burnout because that's where it starts. Like, you know, Right. It's easy to collect the data. It's yeah. a lot harder to figure out what to do with it. What, yeah. what to do with it and how. And one, you got to figure out what's going on then you got to figure out what you can do to help yeah and it also depends on certain specialties have bigger egos than others <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, so what's the biggest the ego then so the bigger egos i will say are probably you know the surgeon i gotta say surgeons surgeons they think they know everything bro well it's not that it's like i will say they uh, christopher dunch was a surgeon man well he was he, a neurosurgeon too so those guys dude had an ego man cool, you know not, not to be punny <laughs> they, they got the biggest heads in the room probably hey, hey shout out to their moms bro oh no no <laughs> <laughs> man no. no no but i mean it's it's and i was a neuro major in undergrad so it's pretty crazy because you know we don't 100 percent always have an answer for things that are wrong with the brain especially exactly. mental health that's like that's different that's neurosurgeons don't address they address the physical thing but yeah the ego part i would say certain and even on I, I was at a conference where they were addressing that thing it's like why is it so hard for surgeons to realize that they've got a problem mental health wise it's like well it's because you know they don't think they have a problem it's like i'm just tired like dude i consider doctors and people that are in high stress situations kind of like i did boxing so when i think about these kind of things i try to correlate it with boxers or like sports because that's kind of what i started up with so it's like telling a boxer keep you know not to fight in a fight like dude's going in there and he's swinging he's gonna keep swinging until he can't swing no more right yeah that's why the referees are there to say hey man you've had enough like yeah i gotta get you out this fight you've had enough but i feel like in the medical industry the board is supposed to be the referee, but they're not around all the time. You know what I'm saying? They're not around all the time. So they put a little bit more trust into the doctors, but the mind is a black box, man. There might be things going on with you, and you don't even know it. And regardless, just because you're president, a doctor, a mechanic, a janitor, it doesn't mean that you know what's best for you all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes you need some outside help to say, hey, man, I've noticed some things here. You know, like even though it sucks, take these surveys and be truthful on these surveys because if you lie, I'm going to take your license away or I'm going to fine you. Like put put like repercussions to it that they have to be honest about this stuff because I know when I had surgery on my knee, there's a waiver that I had to sign saying something along the lines of if something goes wrong, it goes wrong and I'm okay with it. 
and it kind of takes the obligation away from the doctor. And not saying that the doctor's gonna do bad, but it's it's funny that I had to sign that in the first place. So what was that? So can you elaborate? So yeah, that's you know that's a consent form saying that there's a risk with the surgery, as there are with any surgeries or any procedure, like even you know getting an IV put in. There's always a risk that somebody's gonna hit an artery, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's up to the physician to make sure that when they're taking you into that operating room or they're doing that procedure to you that the benefits will outweigh the risks. Yep. And essentially, hopefully when you get to that point and you sign the consent, it's because they've weighed those risks and the benefits to kind of put you in the best spot to where you don't have a complication or a risk. Um, and I, don't know, I guess there were some lawyer issues with that doctor, the neurosurgeon, where his lawyer was trying to find loopholes. Yep. Like, oh, well, you signed the consent. Yep. But at the same time, it's we took an oath, the Hippocratic Oath, where we shall do no harm. Yeah. And basically, it sounded like he was doing more harm than he should have. Like, there were risky procedures he shouldn't have done. They, they had no benefit, probably. Yep. That person should have never even been under anesthesia at that right. point. You know, and that's... I don't care if you sign yeah. a consent. As a physician, this is what you train, you're training for in your entire life. You have to take a responsibility. Yeah. Um, so, I, and I agree with you there because um, the the oath and everything, it's very important to you guys. But there's certain people that just don't don't see it like that. Like the, this guy, yes, he was doing surgeries. And there's a specific surgery that he did on a patient where he could have done the surgery in multiple ways. And he chose to do it in a very awkward, weird way. The doctor that was next to him was like, hey, man, you know, like, hey, take a step back. Why are you doing it this way? Like, okay, you can use uh, a crossbow here or you could use a sniper, right? But so why are you... He used a ten blade instead of the scalpel. Right, what whatever that means. He used a butter knife versus a scalpel. Well, like, actually, a ten blade is a scalpel. <laughs> it's whatever just a different size. But you get what I'm saying? Like, he <laughs> well, had yes. this ego thing about him. Mental, mentally, there was something there, man. And to me, it's just kind of like, you can take an oath. You can do this. You can sign a consent form and all this stuff but if you're not right in the head there should be some type of evaluation before you go and do this i work on cars i never made somebody sign a consent form saying hey you're gonna pay if i mess up on your car yeah or if i fix the wrong thing on your car you're gonna have to pay for it it's kind of contradictory right you know (laughs) you go there and you made actually a really good point in the first season when uh we were talking we did some research you have to trust the system right for the system to work you have to trust the system but it's hard when there's cases like this that come out where if there's any mental health going on, it's always the patient who's the mental health who has the mental health issue. Well, that's where we kind of have to check ourselves because you know, and, and again, like I said, there's new things being developed. I think, yeah, and there's right, there yeah, are people, doctors and administrative people who you know do this work, psychologists, psychiatrists, that change the, we're trying to change the system so that we you know we have work hour restrictions now yeah, you can't work more than 80 hour weeks yeah. which is still oh, mental 80. which is still pretty which mental, still mental. just gonna slide that in. and most people work 40 not double that yo yeah yeah truck drivers can't uh, i mean most truck drivers that are in unions they can't drive longer than eight hours yeah but i can have my man over here buddha doing surgery 24 hours a day right how is that you know that shouldn't be fair to you guys yeah, and I mean Brother, that that isn't fair. I'm sure. Well, yeah. I mean, so there's some procedures that are going to require you to go a really long time. Yeah, like I was in a surgery last week where I was in there eight hours straight. 
completely. And I didn't realize like, that was until I was like, man, my foot hurts. <laughs> I can't feel my toes. And I look up at the clock and it's, oh, God, it's 3 p.m. It's already. Like, dude, dude, kick my foot. <laughs> yeah. No, kick Not it again. Dude, I just kicked it like three times. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I can't feel my legs. Uh, but, yeah, no, there's, you know, the workout restrictions. You know, people have weekends off, things like that. I mean, it's not the best solution. Some specialties are going more towards shift work. You know, emergency medicine already does that. You know, you're on 8 to 10 hours, maybe 12, whatever it is, and you work a few shifts, you know, in the week or however many you want to work, essentially. And when you're off, you're off. Uh, other specialties, it's hard to do that because you're on call, and there's even more regulations that are being it's like how much you can be on call like yeah. even for students or residents you can't be in the building for more than 24 hours from the time you stepped in yeah. because you know they don't want you falling asleep going home getting in a car crash yeah. and killing other people or and, and, and that's a real thing yeah and and, and I, I think i read about that specific part only because I was watching an episode of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> this guy. And, and no, 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 but it was in the episode, right? One of the doctors is going home, they crashed, and then um, I think I saw a post somewhere that said, you know, we did that because it's a real thing. Like, there are doctors that will be in the hospital so long and awake for so many hours consecutively that when they go home. It's like you're drunk. Yeah. Or it's worse. Yeah. It's actually worse. And these are machines. People keep um, forgetting, or people are, these are people. acting like they're machines. Yeah. No, but these are all people. Regardless of where so, you, what you do, you're people. I mean, it, it's all. It, I really hope that you know people embrace what what you know you, you're talking about that they're looking into as far as mental health mm-hmm. and taking care of the physicians themselves, the surgeons, and everything. Because yeah. uh, that's one. It's only going to make us press the system better. Yeah. In episode in the, in the in the episode we did in season one, that's what we talked about. We talked about. That we have we in order for this to work we have to trust the system and for us to fully trust the system because I forget the statistic but we mentioned how few people in the oh, states yeah. actually say they genuinely trust yeah the because there's no transparency man right or, no, it, like, or there feels like there isn't but again a lot of it is internal transparency is how well you can convey an like a, a topic right with both sides understanding what's going on well but there's something but I- if I'm telling you a, a certain subject matter and I'm only using words that I understand and you keep shaking your head like yeah 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 but you really don't get it that's not transparency to me like you, well, you have to be on the same page but, but you know there's got to be a level of education that you can't expect a common person to know well, yeah, no, but then we, don't we, talk to them in that language we have to explain it to people like when we do consents well, you, and, and you know just I make a good habit hopefully of doing it of where we don't use big words like even in our board exam where we essentially do patient simulations at a testing center and we can cover that monopoly thing about that certain test but anyways later in another episode but uh you can't use like sophisticated words that the normal patient won't know well but, like, but that's but, tested on see us. that's that's when you're that's when you're talking to a patient but what i'm saying is transparency means that you're trying to convey this to the general public mm-hmm. how many that's people a patient. no 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 i get that but what i'm saying is it's just this was a survey done to the general population right a bunch of the general population probably has never had to go through. I've never had to go through a surgical procedure. The majority of my family has never had to go through a surgical procedure. But yet, when my brother did, we had to trust that, oh, they're going to do the right thing, right? I can't, I mean, when, when you try to, when, if you were to ask me, yeah, I trust him because he's a doctor. But, you know, the lack of trust is because of certain situations like that. My point was, it's hard for you to convey that transparency when you need to educate so much. 
I, I know, I you know, know what, what I'm mean. saying. I know what you mean. Well, that for, drops back to America as a whole, right? And their, and their institutional right. education but system. Let's, which, take it, you know? let's take it a step back. Let's take it a step back for a like. If I want you to trust me, I'm going to show you all my cards, and I'm going to make it sure that you understand my cards, regardless of who it is. I, doctors shouldn't be judged by doctors. I personally don't think they should be. They shouldn't be regulated no, by no, doctors. No, no, but, well, yeah, no, I agree with that. I think they should be regulated by people that have nothing to do with the field. Well, that's what uh, happened when the insurance like, industry started really, taking really over. Hard to... It's like the rich governing the rich, man. Think about it like this: If you put somebody that's on the board that has no background in the medical field, and a doctor messes up in a surgery. What's he gonna say? How's it? How are they gonna know that was the right thing to yeah. do? Yeah, it doesn't matter. No, no, they know yeah, it's not the right on, thing. Come yes, on, come on. They that's, know it's not no, the right no, thing. No, no, no. That's like, a, that's right like a gardener telling a mechanic how to fix a transmission. Come on. No, but a gardener is gonna say, "Hey, why did you change the engine if you needed the fix on the transmission?" But but the person, the, the, my point is, someone on the board isn't gonna know yeah. the the intricacies of what the doctor. Yeah, doing. we. I mean, we have our own medical boards, obviously, and when it comes to enacting things like that. You know the whole doctor testing. There are many loopholes that he probably just jumped through. Oh yeah. And it also comes into institutional corruption, which you know that's that's going to happen Against in any them. any industry, whatever it is, even something as that, simple as, as lawn care. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Like. 100%. Yeah. He's charging twenty in one yard and fifty in the other. But anyways, yeah. uh, and you know you hate to see things like that, and hopefully we learn from experiences like yeah, that. Yeah. I know. Mean, and. I, and I don't mean to sound like just argumentative about it, but I'm yeah. just saying like that's where I go back to diversity thing. Like I really think diversity is important to have people there. It's like for example, you commit a crime, right, and you're on trial. The jury is supposed to be diverse, right? They're supposed to be diverse and they're supposed to be impartial to what's going on with the case, right? Now, if you have a doctor on trial and you have only doctors that are judging him or being his jury, think about it like this: he's gonna come in there as a mechanic. I'm working on a car. And I'm working on a piece of the of the engine, and there's a tube that's right next to it. And he said, "Hey, man, it's really hard to get through there without cutting the tube." So I said, "You know what? I'm gonna cut the tube and replace it later, and replace the part that's really faulty." Yeah. You know. So then it's well, kind of like doctors would say, "Okay, I understand that. That makes sense. All right, I get it." But then somebody else might say, "Wait a second, man. First of all, why are you going that way? Is there another way to go?" I, I, well, you I, I, I'm trying to understand you know? your point, but I think the analogies you're using are, are so. I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep it. Very, I guess so you you're trying to keep it simple, say. but at the same yeah. time, again, you're trying to use an analogy that, for this, in these situations, personally, I think are oversimplifying it way too much. Yeah. Like I, I get you. I get you. I understand the point you're trying to make. I don't see the whole board being not doctors. Of course, you need to have no, subject no, no, I, matter I, I, experts. Yeah, yeah. But, but but that but that's my point. Like I I think I don't want it to sound like what, what we're saying is. It, it should be it should be like a trial because in a trial you're, should, yeah no, no, exactly, in a right? trial your jury is a, 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 a taken from your peers yeah right when you need to be e- evaluated for that particular skill if you committed a crime as a doctor yes absolutely you're gonna go on trial or wh- if you make it to trial yes you're gonna be judged by a, a jury that's gonna be from that populate from the population in the area that you're being judged right. There's there's a lot of intricacies to, to, to that because you know we've we've listened to podcasts, criminal podcasts. That's what that's what it is, right? Yep. But when the institution itself is judging you, it's very hard, I think, to come to that conclusion when you don't have that those expertise there. And by saying you need to be regulated by people that don't understand the profession, I think can potentially be more dangerous. 
I don't know, man. I don't. I think I, I get your perspective, but what I'm saying is this: if in that case with Doctor Death, literally a hospital pushed them from hospital to hospital because they didn't want to go to the medical board and deal with the repercussions of what's going to happen to the hospital. Now every single case that happened at that hospital is going to get crucified and is going to get put under the microscope, and they're going to keep looking and trying to find, all right, is this a case that's happening just with this guy, yeah. or is this something that's happening in the hospital? So I think. It all goes back to we're human, and people are going to say, oh, wait a second, man, maybe we just kind of ignore this. Okay, whatever, it happened one time, it's not going to happen again. I don't want to, I don't want my other cases to get questioned. Well, I understand. That's why you put put somebody who has no stake in the game. It's one of those things, like, and I'm going to try to simplify it as much as I can, but it's one of those things where, you know, things like that are going to happen because of the nature of human beings. You never know who you're dealing with. There are people that are just going to do bad because they want to do bad because they don't see it as bad. Yep. Right? And that's, exactly. that, that was his problem. But exactly. If you, if you instill that fear, and that, that's one of the issues, is it, it's like, you know, people... I came from New York City. I, I, talk, I tell people here, oh, you know, that must have been really rough growing up. And there's this stigma that gets attached to, to something like that. And I'm like, no, it, it, there's literally no issue. I never had a problem in the 10, 12 years that I lived there. And it's not that rough. You know what I'm saying? So it, it kind of it puts this fear, this illogical fear almost, into people. I think, yes, you're totally right in that there has to be better regulation. And hopefully with what Buddha just talked about, how there's more, more emphasis on us checking on the mental health of the doctors themselves, the surgeons, and trying to regulate that to where we find out when someone's getting burnt out or when somebody is in a mental state where they shouldn't be exercising their profession. And I, I really hope that just continues to flow. But, you know, I don't want... I would hate to see fear um, fear drive how we choose to regulate because that yeah. can put us in a very and, difficult situation. And that's another reason why doctors also get burnt out because of <clears throat> fear of malpractice. Right, exactly. Sued. Because, like, they, you guys, at some point, you have to have malpractice insurance, right? Yeah, like, sometimes millions of dollars worth. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, I, I, you know. and I've also heard of people saying, okay, I'm going to do this procedure for fear that I don't get sued. Yeah. or we, don't be a doctor. You're supposed no. to do the right thing, right? You're supposed to do the right, right thing. Well, you're supposed to do the right thing, but we well, have all these administrative people also telling us, like, oh, you know, you got to do this certain amount of technique or procedures or you got to do this chest x-ray just because of this vague symptom even though like based on what you know you've been trained like it's probably not necessary and there's also a move to kind of be more economic like value-based care like based on outcomes like to kind of help drive that type of thing because right now it's like fee-for-service so it's like so even the government's like oh well you got to do all these tests we can make sure you know you don't miss anything and you know physicians sometimes they get drove into that type of practice and order unnecessary tests because I mean, getting a CT scan, you have that's, a risk of getting yeah. cancer every time you get yep. a CT yeah. scan because that's a lot of radiation. Yep. And you know, I, I know the patients; they're like on their fifth CT scan in the past year because they have some vague abdominal pain that was actually like psychological. And what's crazy about that? Because I had to get scans like that done on my knee, and it was like any time I went to a different doctor, I had to take another scan. It's like well, they don't trust the other people's scans. Well, that's one of those, like... Dentists, for example. Institutional, like, yeah. no sharing of data. And that's yeah. so stupid. HIPAA is supposed to open up that pathway right. so that you can send images to other people, but sometimes maybe they're just too lazy and, and, to get and, and them. And again, and here you go, HIPAA. It's a, it's a government organization. What is HIPAA? 
I so, forget what it stands for. HIPAA is you have to edit. It's like a medical edit me. No, it's finding. a government. It was a government thing. I just did HIPAA training, so I should know the fucking thing. But most likely, a lot of it was written by non-medical personnel. All right. So the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, um, which was enacted by Congress, apparently Bill Clinton. Uh, so basically, that's a way to one protect patient information. Uh, from getting out there unnecessarily and then also to allow better communication between physicians different hospitals like hey because of this government act you can send me images from this patient send me their you know important medical records so I can take care of my patient better because I don't want to do all these unnecessary tests again if you already do or like have this information that I really need because let's say the person is unconscious and he can't tell you something and they don't have family or their family has no clue what's going on. But, you know, you had another doctor taking care of that person. So the HIPAA Act is supposed to help you open the communication between those two institutions. Um, it's, you know, it's sometimes restricted because some people are like, oh, well, you have to sign this form or like, or I can't release this information to you right now on the phone. Yeah. Even though it might be urgent because you have to fax me this yeah. form. Phones, phones are sketchy, man. Well, I mean, but again, it comes, to, any, it comes any down to... Uh, there should a law. be um, comes down to this law that says I can't share that information. Because yeah. even a, as a manager myself, I'm affected by HIPAA. The moment I get told, it could be as simple as a freaking fingertip that they had a paper fucking clip and it goes on their medical record for whatever fucking reason. I if I say anything to anybody and they like that that associate of mine gets pissed and said he told them something about medical. my medical. Now I'm a, I could I could potentially get fired. Yeah. You know there, what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I yeah. But so again, it's it, America, bro. Home of the loopholes mm-hmm. is what it is, right? So there, there's probably a lot around there. But I, I didn't mean to like divert the conversation there. To me, it's just very interesting because there's very few few people that I by default fully trust, and doctors are one of them. And I know if there's something wrong with me, I never go to see a doctor just because I'm feeling good. Yeah, I go to a doctor because I need your help. And I'm in bad shape and I'm scared and I need somebody to calm me down and tell me, hey, this is what you need to do. This is how we're going to get you back to normal. Mm -hmm. So that's why I kind of poked at the questions there because, you know, just because they're doctors or presidents or whatever, how do I feel better about trusting them fully, right? And then it goes back to the comment that you made is for the system to work correctly, you have to trust the system. Yeah. Yeah. So, So. okay. But uh, let's wrap this up, man. So, um... Last question I want to ask is, mm-hmm. you're coming up on that time, like you said, you're, you're about to decide exactly what you want to specialize in, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are you thinking, and was it a rotation that convinced you, or is it just something you've had on your mind for a while? Uh, well, I'm actually trying to decide, hopefully I'll decide within the next month and a half, maybe two, uh, between surgery and emergency medicine. Uh Way different lifestyles. Uh, surgery it's is important, right? Sur- it's important, yeah. I mean, but it's it'll honestly be probably more brutal and training, residency training, than uh, hopefully once I'm actually a full blown Full-MD. doctor, surgeon, or emergency medicine physician. Uh, it's just, I guess, how many years do I want to put in, and yeah. like what type of care do I wanna, or level of care do I want to take of my patients? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the things I'm weighing and also I mean I'm single right now so it's like I could do whatever the heck I want yeah um, 
have and have time. I'm fairly young. Oh. You know, I only took one gap year. Only 45. Uh, only <laughs> 45. Yeah, that's my age, 45. But anyways, uh, so yeah, that's those things I'm deciding on. I feel like I couldn't make a bad decision because I really like both, and the fact that I'm having such trouble is a good sign. So yeah, right. it means you can apply. You, you can kind of if one doesn't work out, you still have the other one. Right. It's not right, going right, to feel right, like right, a backup. Right, right. You know, it's going to feel like, okay, I'm cool with this too. Well, I mean, I guess you could apply for both. They might just question you if you bring that up. But, yeah. mm, so it's kind of like I want to just commit to one and yeah. not have to worry about the other. I mean, yeah, I could always, if I decide after a year or two of doing residency and one or the other, like, oh, God, this isn't what I want to do. You know, I could reapply again for the other specialty. And it'd be a little bit easier. I wouldn't have to redo first year all over again of residency, but I'd still have to spend more years <laughs> yeah. right. so it's like that's why i'm spending so it's much true. time trying to decide now so i don't have, gonna be it's, it's almost like i'm a, not trying to game time decision. reapply like I'm, I'm not trying to do all that i'm just i'm gonna stick the one and go with yeah. it so, all, right, all right so my last question so my last question here before we wrap up is you were mentioning before we started recording that there was a story that you wanted to yeah. tell oh us. god yes that you wanted to tell us and now. end it on a lighter note yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's end the podcast on, on a positive note here with a little bit of a uh, code brown a little bit of ha no oh my nah, god just kidding. <laughs> uh, no just kidding code alright go ahead take the, take, so take the mic so after so it was the second year of med school kind of closer second year of med school closer to you know being done with second year and we're learning all these things. You know, we learn how to do the vaginal exam. We learn how to do rectal exams. This is your OB? <laughs> no, no. This is just for, like, general skills oh, general, that we'll okay, need, okay. you know, once we get into the wards, um, which is the hospital or units. Um, so, basically, this was the rectal and, like, men's health. Woo! Session. And it's... By the way, it's no joke, even though we're laughing at the word rectal and men. I was yeah, it's it's a serious business here, guys. Yes. Be be be. Amir's a, Amir's a little childish, <laughs> you know. But, anyway, keep going, keep but going. But yeah, so let's get the story. Yeah, let's get let's get it going. Uh, so yeah, basically, it was actually put forward by the school, and there are a group of volunteers that actually, you know, offered to allow us to do rectal exams and pro- prostate exams on them. And also, how much like, they pay, Buddha? How much they pay? <laughs> I, I knew Eddie was gonna ask that. I don't know how much they pay, but you're gonna pay me enough. But, <laughs> but it's good you're that have a group of college kids looking at your butthole. Medical students, okay? We're, <laughs> we're college kids. These, these are kids, bro. Yeah, we're basically not that far out from college. But anyways, uh, it's me and a group of guys and girls, and it was probably like six of us total in that room that we, you know, we. We get like a brief in of like what's gonna go down, how we should conduct ourselves, and a little bit of like. <laughs> don't look them in the eye. <laughs> well, I hope you're not looking them in the eye. Tell me you didn't see their faces. No, it's it's literally like the person that we did the exam on was telling us a part of the session, like how we should approach the exam, things like that, and then also like educational things, like yeah. you know, like you know, if you do an exam on yourself, like you know, checking your testicles or something like that, you should come see your doctor like we should give that information out so that they know like they're you know empowered to take, take care of testicles. take care of their own health things like that take care of the bad boys take care of the bad boys you know? <laughs> <laughs> family oh. jewels oh. but uh so basically we're we go into a room after we split up it was like a group of five six 
uh, a few of my buddies actually. So oh, no, that's the worst, dude. So that's I the was, worst. If we were in the same room and we walk in and there's a dude <laughs> bent over with his <laughs> pants around his ankles and the doctor's like, all right, glove up, boys. I would, I would cry. No, no, no. Dude. So this is what this is what happened. This is how it went down. We're in the room. It's five, six. Seven. We're already like, just like, oh god, what's about to go? How's this gonna go down? It's and giggles left and right. Yeah, now. it's about to be giggles. And like, the funny thing is, the context behind why this is gonna be funny, or I hope you find it funny, is that they literally told us before we went into that room. They're like, oh yeah, you can tell your patient to go to the bathroom, saying so clean themselves up, you know, blah blah. And so we go in there, and no, one, of these, wipes, bro, one of the volunteers. One of the volunteers is like, all right, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and get the session started. And so, you know, he put his pants down, bent over uh, across the table, and then was like, all right, who wants to go first? And oh! the, patient, the, patient, the, patient, the volunteer, the volunteer. Well, the volunteer. Alone, the volunteer, cowboy. The volunteer. Come on, Rick, keep it <laughs> And he's like, who wants to go first? And the thing is, like, oh, you know, Buddha was first I'm, I'm, I'm literally kind of right beside the, him, and I noticed there was some tissue paper still. Yeah! Still on his butt crack, and I was like, <laughs> and then I pointed out to one of my friends, who I'm really like, real good friends with, and I'm like, kind of pointing like, and he looked over, and he, and he looked was like, he was like, he was like, he was like, just had this look on his face, and the person goes, who wants to go first? And I look around the room, and I've picked out one of my other friends, was like, he wants to go first. <laughs> Well, we all volunteered him because we. Oh, he, was the, he was the only one that didn't notice. Oh, it. Yo, you guys threw him under the we bus. We threw him under the bus. Oh, the Dingleberry bus. Yes. Yo. And and. Was it Charmin? And uh, that I don't know. Charmin. I don't know. I don't know. Could have been it was probably Angel Soft. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> he he walks up. You know, he gets gloved up and he looks and he's like, he looks back at us and he's like. And we, okay, we weren't we were supposed to be professional, but we almost lost it. Like, oh, I'm dude. sitting there. I had to fake a sneeze because I was like, I was snickering. I was like, I was like, oh my god, this is not happening, dude. What if the patient knew? What if he did it on purpose? I'm gonna get these. No, kids. I hope not. Wait till these kids see what I. I got hope that was an honest mistake. But anyways, the funny thing is, he's like, all right, well, there was another instructor in the same room at the same time. He's like, all right, remember, you know, you got to put your finger up like like you're shooting a gun. And so that's that's what thumb like, and pointer like the finger gun. And, and he's like, but just don't go pum pum before you go in. <laughs> and okay, I started snickering even harder. My friend, we started laughing because at that you point, yeah, like he he just broke it right. And there. at that moment, you can get the laughs of the dingle laugh, yeah. out of the way. Oh too. yeah, we just got out the way. He's like, all right, guys, all right, guys, this is gonna be good. <laughs> and then my friend's like, all right, I guess I'm gonna start. And he just. He just went in. <laughs> and he was like, oh, by the way, uh, you got you got something back here. He's like, oh, you let him know. And he, he's like, here, I'll brush it off. No. <laughs> no. no. Good guy, Greg, bro. He's a, hey, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. No, he said, don't worry, but I got you, fam. I got you. you oh, my you God. And so that, I'll see. Oh, no. Ew. That was one of the funniest Ew. things in, in my life. Oh, that's great. I'll probably oh, never God. forget that. But All right. But look, man, I, oh. I, I'll start before Eddie here. I really appreciate you on the podcast, man. I think you brought a different perspective that we didn't have in season one. Uh, we talked a lot about, I mean, it was me really hating on the medical industry. Hey, 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 hey. That, but I'm glad you came and you brought a different perspective, man. And honestly, wish you the best of luck in the future with everything that you got planned. Hopefully, we get some free medical care in the future. 
Yes. <laughs> Hopefully things go. Although well the one you. thing I sure as heck am not gonna let you do is that rectal exam. Bro, the moment, the moment you go pum pum, <laughs> everybody gonna die. Everybody gonna die. <laughs> everybody gonna die. Uh, oh, but no, man. for real, man. Uh, wish you the best of luck. Thanks again for being on the podcast, contributing. Thanks again for helping us with the name, man. I really appreciate yeah. that, and wish you the best of luck. Alright guys, thanks for having me. I hope I didn't make it worse for the medical industry on your perspective, uh, based on that story. Uh, (laughs) This is uh, future Dr. Buddha, signing off. Yeah man, uh, I'm just going to reiterate what what Amir said, man. Appreciate you being on the podcast, giving us some, dropping some knowledge with us, sharing the uh, eventful time you've had. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, guys, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, just to let y'all know, I'm sure Buddha will be back at some point for a different episode. But anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember, rate, review, subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Alexa, CastBox. You name it, we got it. Okay? So, guys, thanks once again for tuning in to 1 out of 10 we'll recommend. Peace out, Girl Scouts. <laughs>